Yeah, it's sports talk from the three bros. Something you can bet on like Pete Rose. And you better not miss it like some free throws. Give and taste is more accurate than Drew Brees throws. And it might get explosive like some C4. We just giving you a look inside the peephole. So if you got a weak take, you better keep those. And get your cheeks swole when you step into the ring with the Amiibros. What's up, what's up, what's up? It's the Amiibros podcast. Minus one of the Amiibros. It's your boy, Jeremy, 85. Uh, Damon's traveling this week. I'm on the road as well, so uh, forget the audio is not at highest quality, but, um, you know, we're, we're, we're rocking and rolling. I got me and my former roommate, JDZ85. How you feeling, man? Hey, man, I couldn't be more excited. It's real football season. Not just sorry college football games because none of them have really <laughs> been big time yet outside of Auburn versus or- o- Oregon, uh, but the real NFL regular season is right around the corner. Um, Jared, I know you're probably excited about college football next week, but I could care less. Let's go. <laughs> well, I wouldn't necessarily consider the Oregon-Auburn game a high-quality big boy football. I would consider a, a close game that came down to the end, but a lot of terrible football being played, um, very slim, similar to the Boise State-Florida State game. But, hey, man, we'll, we'll, we'll get into some pro football. Obviously, uh, my Houston Texans made some big moves this offseason, but none bigger then the last three days with us uh, trading Jadavion Clowney um, and us trading for Larry Tussle. We'll get into some of the details on that. But first, let's get into a little bit of the last, one of the last major holdouts. We got Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, you know, the Dallas Cowboys still not signed. Uh, as of now, it is Monday night. Um, so I know they said they were trying to work through a deal uh, before the weekend. Um, but all the reports were that after... Uh, initially looking like they may get something done. There's some uh, problems with the language, uh, and they're trying to figure out exactly how to get that worked out. Jeremy, do you think it's a big deal if Zeke doesn't play, and do you think he's going to get done before the first game? All right, to start off with, is it a big deal if he doesn't play? Absolutely it's a big deal because the Dallas Cowboys aren't a very good football team. Uh, without Ezekiel Elliott, I mean, even even overall, I think with Ezekiel Elliott, people have been vastly overrating the Cowboys. I think that they had a great finish to the season last year, but overall, they're still that team that was three and five at one point, um, and then you know after that, still got beat twenty four to zero by the Colts. I think they have a good defense, um, which will be played a little bit early because Demarcus Lawrence is coming off of his surgery, a few other suspensions, Robert Quinn not being there, um, and overall, I'm not sure Byron Jones can replicate what he did the year before. I'm not sure, uh, you know, uh, what's the guy's name? Uh, Leighton Vanderesh is going to be that guy. I think Jalen Smith is going to be that guy. Um, Vanderesh had a really good season last year. But as a Saints fan, I saw Stephon Anthony lead, I think, all rookies, maybe all players and tackles one season. The next season, he was absolutely terrible. So um, it's one of those things of uh, I think he'll still be a good player, but I'm not – you know, banking on it. So they're, they're going to have to rely heavily on that defense. One thing that defense relied heavily on was Ezekiel Elliott keeping them off the field. They dominated time of possession a lot. Um, and Dak Prescott was able to throw in a lot of, uh, you know, uh, singled up outside to uh, Amari Cooper once he came there. Everybody was saying, oh, man, Amari Cooper, you know, he's a life He was a, you know, godsend. Yeah, he was because he's singled up on the outside every, every, every play because of Ezekiel Elliott on the outside. So, Overall, I think um, it's a huge deal if he doesn't play. I wouldn't be shocked if they lost to the Giants without him. 
And honestly, they need to win the first three games, uh, you know, badly. I don't know how – I don't really care how it happens. They need to win the first three games. You can't come in there two and one, one and two, and then end up playing the Saints and then the Packers uh, the next week and then, you know, going into the gauntlet. So um, I think it's a huge deal. I don't think he'll be there, um, which is why I'm starting to lean a little bit towards the Giants. I'm not going to pick them, um, mainly because I don't trust Eli. I haven't seen enough. But – they do have a running back named Saquon, and I think Saquon uh, will have a big day. So overall, I think uh, it's a huge deal, and if they don't get it done, it could cost them. So, Jeremy, I, I'm with you on a couple of these things. Obviously, uh, Byron Jones, he's coming off hip surgery, so I'm not sure if he can replicate this. Um, but it'd be a good chance for him to try to figure it out because it's coming up on contract season. I think next year would be his fifth-year option, so the next offseason would be when they typically would negotiate his contract. Um, and if you're looking at the rest of the team, though, I mean, Stephon Anthony, I think, is an outlier. Obviously, former Clemson Tiger. But the the kind of synopsis was he just didn't learn the playbook or, or something, correct? But that wasn't like a physical deterioration or something. Yeah, it, 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 it was more of he just had terrible senses and he couldn't read plays and, you know, pretty much he just played way too much off instinct. Yeah, and, and I mean, in reality, I don't think that's going to be the case for Vendrash. But I think overall, do I think it's important for him to be there for week one? Not really. Like, in reality, you're playing the Giants. Giants are a bad team. Eli's a terrible quarterback. You look at the fact that your best receiver is going to be out for the first game, suspended for the first four games in Golden Tate. Um, you, you, you have um, injuries all throughout the receiving core. The only really receiving weapon who I would respect at all as a receiving target would probably be Evan Ingram at tight end. Uh, and Saquon Barkley out of the backfield. So I think when you look at the roster, I don't see really a pathway to victory for the Giants. Um, if, if you're going to look at, um, you know, down the road, obviously they need to win those three games. So if you if you lose a game to the Redskins, the Giants, or the Dolphins, I think it definitely derails your season significantly. But in reality, I just don't see any of those teams besides possibly the Redskins having a chance to beat them. The Dolphins have gotten rid of their left tackle. They're playing Ryan Fitzpatrick at quarterback. They got rid of their, their leading tackler for the last two years and Kiko Alonso. We'll get into some of that later. Um, but they've kind of looked like they're going into complete rebuild mode. And um, the Giants have all their receivers gone, uh, either with injury or suspension. So I really don't see anybody being able to beat them. Uh, yeah, who, who are their receivers that are playing this week? Um, I think it's uh, – what's my guy that came from the Broncos who was a high pick? Um, super tall guy. They 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 replaced him um, with Cortland Sutton, um, and I, I'll tell you in a second. Uh, but I will tell you that their their main target is going to be Evan Ingram. Um, I mean, I, I think that's and, and the guy I was thinking about at receiver is uh, Cody Latimer, is their number one receiver. Um, well, I forgot about yeah, him. and then they got Sterling Shepard's actually playing, um, and Russell. Not, not, not that even it's, – it's not even one of those like, hey, I forgot about that he was on that team. It was like I forgot he existed. So, <laughs> yes, like if you would have said come up with the name of the guy off the top of your head, I never would have came up with like he, he, I forgot he was a person. So, yes. Yeah, that tells you a lot. Yes. So, I mean, and, and Benny Fowler is going to be a slot. Sterling Shepard, who's a, a decent receiver, he's really number two. He's really not a number one. But he's going to be their one receiver for that game. What I will tell you is this. And you're going to think I'm being a homer. You can't run the ball, really, with Dexter Lawrence in the middle. Literally, he's been just wreaking havoc on everybody. And 
I think Brian Baldinger uh, picked him to win the rookie of the year, defensive rookie of the year, because of his, his ridiculous pressure in the run game and him being able to, uh, I mean, there were there was plays in the preseason where he just bought his breakdown where literally he was getting double teamed and knocking two dudes down and still making the tackle. I mean, so I think that's going to be a problem for them on, on offense if they, they're not able to run the ball. But in reality, I think they're going to win those first three games. And then so it really boils down to can Zeke be back healthy and 100% before they play the Saints, Packers, Eagles, that uh, next three games. I think that's the biggest key. Um, but, Jeremy, let, let, let's get a little bit into this, right? I, I know we, we talk, we're going to talk a little bit about Jadavion and Clowney. You, your, your Saints made a move, though, um, picking up Kiko Alonso. Tell me, do you think that's a big deal or a little deal? Or no deal at all? I would say it's no deal at all because I fully expected us to win the Super Bowl with or without Kiko Alonso. But it's a huge deal mainly because – it gives us so much speed into the on on the second level that it's gonna be like ridiculous. Like so, so if there was one, I, I'd say flaw in our in our linebacking core was it's not a ton of speed outside of Demario Davis. I like Alex Anzalone. Uh, I think he's you know a very talented player. He's another linebacker that we got in that ridiculous draft class of you know Marshawn Lattimore and Ryan Ramchick, Alvin Kamara. Um, you know, the whole, that whole crew that's probably the best draft class maybe over the last 30 years that they end up panning out like I think some of the others will. But uh, Anzalone's been playing really, really well. He's uh, got a lot of speed. His problem has been injuries. Uh, in Florida, I think he missed all, almost two and a half seasons with injury. Uh, first season, he played five games, played great, and then got, went out with a shoulder injury for the rest of the season. Last year, played the entire season healthy. So if he can stay healthy, um, I think he's got, you know, the, the tools to be great on the other side. Demario Davis, one of the best linebackers in football. And then to add a headhunter like Kiko Alonso, who can move fast, fast side to side, maybe plays a little bit too much off instinct at times, but um, I think in that system will feel great. I think only adds to what we can do. Um, we've got, you know, uh, what's the name? AJ Klein uh, as a linebacker right now, who is already, I think a great, a, a great linebacker in the system. I think he does what he's, what, what, He's asked to do. Um, he came from the Carolina Panthers, trained a little bit under Luke Keekley, um, and kind of has some of the same skills and and disciplines as Keekley. He's just not the athlete that Keekley is, so he's not. You know, he he's pretty much not going to mess up the game, but he's not really going to make a bunch of plays either. So um, I think just definitely adding some depth at that position um, is huge for us because you know throughout the season you're probably going to have injuries. Somebody's going to go down, and you need to have somebody else who can step into those roles. So overall, um, I think. Our defense is going to be a top three defense in football. Um, first, I think the best defense in football might be the Broncos. It might not show because of um, the division they're in, playing against the Chiefs and playing against some others. I think they could put up some points. But overall, I think our defense is going to be special. And so I'm really looking forward to uh, to seeing what he can add. I don't expect him to add much in the first couple of weeks. But uh, by week three, I should I think he'll be up to speed and ready to go. Um, it, it depends on which one you get. I mean, in reality, I, I, I really liked Kiko Alonso a while ago, but I can't tell you I've actually watched the Dolphins play much football the last couple of years. I mean, I really just haven't, and there's a good reason why. Uh, one, The last thought I have about Kiko Alonso was uh, when he hit Joe Flacco in the head uh, maybe a year and a half ago. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. He slid late. Yeah, yeah, and it was it was a nasty hit as well. So, um, <laughs> in, in, in reality, yeah, I mean, yeah. so 
he led the team in tackles, but sometimes, you know, you get to the point where you're playing on a team where nobody's there. It's like the guy who scores 20 points a game for the uh, Bobcats back in the day. It was like, all right, Gerald Wallace was giving you 22, but, like, was Gerald Wallace ever a 22-point-per-game guy? No, it was just like somebody's got to score the points. I guess it's going to be him. And for the Dolphins, you know, I'm not sure how much of that was. You know, there's yeah, somebody's got Yeah, somebody's got to make the tackle. Um, but in reality... Um, I, I think it's obviously going to, you know, it, what you gave up, you guys gave up a fifth or sixth rounder, correct? Or a guy you guys are going to cut? No, we traded a linebacker straight up for him um, who was going to be a backup linebacker anyway. And then the uh, the Dolphins paid uh, $1 million of his contract. He took a contract uh, adjustment, so we have to pay him four this year, and the Dolphins paid him one. And then next year we owe him six. So uh, we pretty much took on $10 million worth of uh Guaranteed money, but he's off the books after next year, and very low uh, risk. So, I mean, to, to look at it, yeah, and and and, and my, my thought on this too is, I don't know why it was. I feel like he was so much older than he was. I mean, he was defensive rookie of the year in 2013. Now I know that's what six years ago, but you know, I was thinking, you know, it's a, a, he was a little a little older than he is, 28 years old, still a young guy. Um, hopefully, he can come in and be productive and, and get that Super Bowl. Uh, yeah, that's not gonna happen. But uh, just to go, to one thing you said during this, um, you guys aren't gonna have the the greatest uh, draft class in the last thirty years. Um, I doubt that significantly. Uh, the Ravens probably had that lie down for a little while. Ninety six. Jerry, Jerry, before before we go on, let me, let me let me just go through that. Let me just go through that draft class. So. I mean, if you're going to say, like, best two players or something, no. It's going to be Jonathan Ogden and Ray Lewis or something and, like that. And Jermaine, Jermaine Lewis. First, overall draft class. Jermaine Lewis was first team All-Pro as well. Okay. So, but just to go through. Marshawn Lattimore. Ryan Ramchick. Who's the, so, Marshawn Lattimore is a top five corner in football. Yep. Ryan Ramchick is probably the best right tackle in football. Um, yeah. Second round. I, I'd got, probably say uh, behind, behind Lane Johnson, but, yeah, I'll do uh, no, he's he's better than Lane Johnson. He doesn't need the Royce to do it. Um, <laughs> and for the for the sake of safety, uh, second round we got uh, Marcus Williams. I think he's got eight interceptions his first two years. He made that boneheaded play against Minnesota, but really good core, uh, really good safety. Third round, uh, Alex Anzalone. I think he's going to be really good. Um, he played really well last year, but the year before he he was injured a lot. So we'll see what he is. Alma Camara, obviously. Um, they say Trey Hendrickson has been looking like a monster in uh in, in camp. He's uh gonna be the backup defensive end on both sides behind Cam Jordan and uh, Marcus Davenport. We like to rotate guys in and out. Um, they say he could be a monster. So overall, I mean, just top to bottom, that class is just yeah, it's a great class. But I mean, when put you it have... like the Pro Football Focus says, it's by far the best class they've ever graded. But I, I would agree. Um. With it, they've graded, but in, in reality, when you look at maybe the greatest offensive lineman of all time and maybe the greatest linebacker of all time, it's going to be tough to beat that. But with that being said, let's get into a different linebacker. Obviously, Jadavion Clowney uh, was holding out for Houston. Uh, we traded him away for a bag of sunflower seeds. So we traded him to Seattle literally for uh, two backup linebackers and Jacob Martin. Uh, shout out to the same last name and the same first two initials of, Matt, uh, of me, but hey, uh, maybe he can be a ball because of that. Uh, and then Barkevius Mingo and a third-round pick that goes away if he doesn't re-sign with Seattle. 
and we paid half of his salary, which was the salary bonus, uh, the signing bonus for the for the uh, franchise tag, which was a little over seven million, and Seattle took the other eight. So in reality, we gave him away for peanuts on the dollar, which made no sense to me because it, the whole narrative was we were going to trade away Jadavion Clowney to get an offensive lineman. So as soon you should, and Jeremy, you saw in the group chat. Whenever I said they traded Jadavion, they had an agreement to send him to Seattle, I always assumed that it was with Dwayne Brown coming back. Like, I assumed we were getting an offensive lineman back with it. Um, then eventually, we, we ended up making another trade uh, where we traded uh, a first-round pick, a second-round pick, another first-round pick in 2021 um, for Laramie Tunsil, Kenny Stills, a fourth-rounder, and a sixth—no, I'm sorry, a sixth-rounder in that deal. Um so I think at the end of the day, um, is our team significantly better uh, right now? Possibly. I think we. I think so. And then, but are we better long term? I'm gonna let Jeremy weigh in on that first before I get into it, and I start ranting. First off, I thought, and this is somebody I never ever agree with their point, but I'll actually give a shout out to Nick, Nick Wright because he had a great comparison uh, about the trade to get Laramie Tunsil. He said, it's like, hey, you don't have a car. You live in a city, you need a car. And for two years, you've been saying, I need to get a car. I need to get a car. I need to get a car. You almost get fired from your job because you're always late. You're trying to catch Ubers. You're doing all this stuff just because you don't have a car. And so all of a sudden, you tell your friends, hey, I got a car. And your friends go, hey, what kind of car did you get? And you go, oh, I got an Acura. And you go, oh, you got an Acura? That's actually really nice. That's a nicer car than I thought you could afford. Okay, yeah, it's cool. How much you pay for it? Well, it was one hundred and forty-five thousand dollars. <laughs> that's, that's what the Texas just did. Overall, they. I mean, I think. Do I think Larry Tulsa could be a very good uh, lineman for them? Yes, I think he could be develop into a Pro Bowler. I think um, you know once you look at some of the other uh, Tyus Howard that you guys drafted, I think for him to be able to develop, sometimes having a lineman that can develop on the right side. Uh, where it's not as much pressure um, or develop inside and then move their way outside. I think, for example, with us, I think Ryan Ramchek eventually will end up at left tackle. But um, to have somebody who can develop and not just be thrown into uh, the fire, per se, at the left tackle, I think is huge. Um, and I think it's going to be huge for Deshaun. But the price tag on that was crazy. Um, I think for that to make sense, even if he's a Pro Bowl caliber, I think Kenny Stills has got to – um, got to play well with Texas too, which I don't doubt. I like Kenny Stills a lot. I think he'll be a good player. Now, to the honestly, the more baffling one to me was Davion Clowney, um, because it was silly in my opinion. Like, honestly, this is just me. If I were the Texans, I would have held on to him for another year. I would have said, "Hey, you can sign with us, or you can sit out, and I'm going to franchise you again." When I franchise you again next year then I'm going to try to trade you while you still have an opportunity to sign with another team. And then I'll let them negotiate your deal. And then they'll give me more, more compensation back to get what they got back for Jadavion Clowney is ridiculous. And, and it really brings up a valuable point of how big and how great uh, Bill Belichick is. I was going to say how big the GM position is, but Bill Belichick is doing both jobs and he's masterful at it. Bill O'Brien came from the same system. Or, yeah, the same program and decided, hey, you know, now that we don't have a GM, let me start making moves. I'm going to try to be Belichick. 
And this is a lot harder than the scene. Belichick could be the best GM and the best uh, coach at all in the same time. What Bill O'Brien is doing reminds me a lot of what um, was happening with the Clippers when you had Doc Rivers playing GM and playing coach. Um, overall, I don't think the decision to trade Jadavion for as little compensation as they got back makes sense. If you thought that's what you were going to be able to get back, you should have traded him before last year while he was still on the contract. You could have got a lot more back. Overall, you have to see these things coming and make plans. Um, I think the the Texans need to get some some G, uh, GM in as soon as possible, um, a qualified one. So don't just take anybody. But um, you know, I I think both of these deals were a little mis, mismanaged, and I think um, had they been a little bit more patient, I know they were trying to get somebody in before the season, but I think had they been a little bit more patient, and week three got there and they realized they weren't gonna get. Uh, the Redskins realized Trent Williams wasn't going to come into play. I think they could have used a first rounder and got and got him. So, um, you know, that's my opinion on it. Jared, what do you think, man? It's your team. So, I heard the Nick Wright comparison. Uh, I think it's different from that in, in this sense. It, it's it's like the I, I'll give this as the analogy. If you have a let's say a I'll give you an example. I, I had a really good hunch last year on Clemson winning the national championship before the season started. And what I did was is I took money that really didn't matter to me. I took probably like, I think I took 50 bucks before the season and just put it on Clemson against the odds to win like 500 bucks. And it was a good bet. But then as I got closer to it, I, I took more money, put another 100 on it, put another 200 on it. So eventually I ended up having like $300 on Clemson to win the national championship. And it paid off. I won about $1,100 off all Clemson. What this is, is I feel really good about my chances. So let's put my entire yearly salary on Clemson winning the national championship. This is what that is. In the sense that <laughs> you you have taken away all future, well, but much of the future assets that you have. It's like taking a credit card. Obviously, when they talk about, you know, a credit card is you spending future earnings or, uh, you know, spending future earnings for present needs. Right, and essentially what they did was they took the two first-round picks, uh, which so I would say this: the the cost really is all right. One first-round pick is really what it costs you. It costs you one first. Pick. So this is how I rationalized it in my head, making sense. One, I said, all right, if I could have gotten Larry Tunsil with a first-round pick now, then that'd be ideal, right? So now let's just say right, so Larry Tunsil takes up for one of those. Kenny Stills is still twenty-seven years old, so. Is Kenny Stills worth a second-round pick? I think so. I mean, in perspective, uh, he's he's been their number one receiver the last couple of years, uh, and 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 our, with our team, the way our receiving core has been injury-prone with Will Fuller and Kiki Kuti, uh, I think he's worth it. So then, really, the the premium that we're paying is the extra first-round pick in 2021. And is that a steep price? Yes, it's a steep price. But here's why I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it because if it pans out and he's as good as he is as advertised, and uh, Daniel Jeremiah and some of the NFL scouts are saying he's the best young offensive tackle in football, um, and, and you know I, I think that's I, I wouldn't have known that because as I said last, I didn't watch many Dolphins games. But if he turns out to be that an, an all-pro caliber player, then it was it was worth it because in reality, if the offensive line is good enough, there's nothing to stop the Texans from being the Kansas City Chiefs. Like, from an offensive standpoint, as much as everybody loves Patrick Mahomes, you take what Deshaun Watson did when he had some some semblance of protection his rookie season and extrapolated over six, 16 games. Kelsey? 
we have Jordan Akins, who's not Travis Kelsey, but he's a much better run blocker, and he's 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 fast and he's huge. So in perspective, uh, Jordan Thomas will be our starter. He is 6'6", 280 pounds, so he looks like a left tackle. Uh, but he ran a four seven forty, I want to say. So he's he's pretty fast. Um, but in perspective, I think the thing is, if you you extrapolate what Deshaun was able to do his his rookie season when he had some semblance of protection, uh, compared to what what uh, Patrick Holmes did last year, they're very similar. They would uh, over over that period of time, you factor in his rushing and passing touchdowns. I think Deshaun was on pace for forty nine touchdowns, and I think Patrick had fifty one. And I, I don't think anybody would would argue. Um, the amount of uh, weapons that they had compared to the line of weapons he had. I think Deshaun, if he has the, the ability and the time in the pocket, is accurate enough and is mobile enough, and that they have enough weapons to where with Will Fuller healthy and Kenny Stills and the best receiver in football, in my opinion, and DeAndre Hopkins, um, I mean, they have one of the best uh, receiving cores in football. It's just going to boil down to does he have the time, and if he does, um, I'm not really concerned about the the Jadavion Clowney loss. This is the when I look at the Jadavion Clowney trade, I look at it like the Jimmy Garoppolo trade from the Patriots, where I said I, I'm really not concerned about him leaving because I have Tom Brady. But do I think we should have got more than a second round pick? Absolutely. And in, in this case, it's the same same thing. I think that the value was terrible, and then as paying part of his contract made no sense to me. Uh, I mean, I would rather you uh, you know trade him to the Chargers and try to get Melvin Gordon than, than the, the compensation that they got. So at the end of the day, did I think it was good moves? No, I didn't. I, I, I thought we gave up way too much. But do I think our team is significantly better? Yes, I do. Because I think Whitley Merciless is going to give you 12 sacks in that Jadavion Clowney space. Um, I think we'll st- our defense will still be solid as long as we can get some, some semblance of cornerback play. We also made a trade to get, uh, to get one of the corners from the Patriots. So We'll see if he can uh, he can pan out at all um, because we need somebody to be able to guard some speed positions at corner. Uh, and then I think the Larry Tunsil, if it pans out where he's the left tackle they think he is, I, I don't think there's any denying that he makes our team significantly better. So uh, at the end of the day, man, I feel really good about it. The, let me just throw out how big of a deal this was. So you guys gave up for the for Kenny Stills and Larry Tunsil. You guys gave up two firsts, and it was it a second two or no? Just two firsts. Two firsts and a second. Two firsts and a second, right? So let's just throw out what teams have thrown out to get franchise quarterbacks. Uh, you guys gave up two firsts to give to get Deshaun, correct? Yes. Okay. Uh, it was seen as a huge deal to trade to get Carson Wentz. Uh, the Eagles gave up. Um, they gave up two first, a third, a fourth, and a second to get the number two overall pick of Wentz and then a fifth rounder. So I gave up a little bit more to get Carson Wentz. The Kansas City Chiefs, in order to get Patrick Mahomes, gave up a first and a third. So overall, it's one of those things of it could it work out? Yes. Do I think you guys overpaid? I'll be 100% honest. I'd throw out – I'll give you Ryan Rantep right now for two two firsts and a, and, a, and a – well, you need left tackle. I'll give you Teron Armstead right now for two firsts and a second. I mean, I think uh, I think it's one of those things of where if it pans out, yeah, yeah it, could, it could work out for you guys. I think you definitely got better for this season. Um, but overall, I think you overpaid for that position, and I think um, it could come back to bite you all in a few years because, you know, those draft picks are really, are really 
pressure is mainly because when your team does not pan out on on your draft picks, then you're having to pay people in free agency. You need some players on your team that can play that aren't making a lot of money, and that's where you normally get it in the draft. You guys are going to have to uh, be really, really good in the in the second, third, fourth round, uh, maybe even fifth round in the next few years. Um, and really hit on those positions in order to keep your team. Well, we uh, we we drafted a with the depth. We drafted a uh, a supposed left tackle in the third round last year, who we uh, traded away for Carlos Hyde already. So um, I don't I don't feel very confident in our, our, our general management right now. Uh, we need to get another GM. I think it's probably I mean uh, Nick Casario from the Patriots. Uh, at the end of the season, uh, we tried to get him earlier, and uh, basically they um, tried to file tampering charges. But here here's what I will say though. What makes those different from the quarterback trades? One, when you're factoring in the trades that the Eagles made, they were moving up. I think they were sixth or seventh pick in the draft, up to two. So it was really like a four or five person uh, or team slot, and he gave all that. Uh, and then I think when you look at it from, um, you know, the te- it was eighth. They're eight. They're going from eight. eight. So it was a six six team slot. So I think when you when you go from you know you're only moving up six spots, but you're giving up that much value. I don't. If the Texans do with what I expect, they're not going to be anywhere near the top of the draft. Um, second, if you're looking at the the uh, Patrick Mahomes, it was the tenth pick, and I want to say they, you know, they gave up. They they, they just swap and they gave up the third. Kansas for City, yeah, Kansas City moved up from twenty seven to tenth, and they gave up a, a third rounder to do that. And that was strange because that was I think that was when Buffalo was trying to just. Because Buffalo had the tenth pick, and Buffalo was trying to accumulate assets, they didn't give up much at all. That was that was stupid, and Buffalo clearly should have taken Mahomes. But um, with that, well, that was just a, a traditional Buffalo move. It was. I mean, the, the, no, I think it's the traditional Buffalo move. As much as I'm a huge fan of Sammy Watkins, have his autographed football in my man cave as we speak. They gave up two first to move up to get Sammy Watkins in a draft that had Odell Beckham Jr., Mike Evans, and Jarvis Landry all in the draft. <laughs> <laughs> Was, don't, don't, don't forget Brandon Cooks was in that draft. Brandon Cooks and uh, Kevin Benjamin, who eventually ended up on the Bills, but ended up getting too overweight in Boston. But uh, what I will say is this, Jeremy. The, the, last, the last bit before we get into some picks. Um, if you look at it, last year for Khalil Mack, the Bears gave up two first-rounders, right? I'm going to take the second-rounder out of the way because Kenny Stills, I think, is worth a second-round round pick. Like, I'd be okay if they, if they, they traded for a second-round pick for Kenny Stills. So if you're saying two first rounders for Khalil Mack, and I don't think the Bears are regretting that at all. Um, if Laramie Tunsil turns into shutdown left tackle, I think he feel he fills a void that's no smaller than the void that Khalil Mack filled for uh, for Chicago. Even though I don't think he's going to be, I mean, he'd have to be Jonathan Ogden esque to be the player that Khalil Mack is. Uh, but I think if he if he solidifies that line and allows us to be able to run the ball with Duke Johnson allows Titus Howard to be able to play left guard or maybe move out to right tackle at a certain point, uh, then I think it gives us a great opportunity to compete and try to win Super Bowl this year. So uh, let, let's, let's get into some well, of the- Let me tell you the, the one thing I will let – me, let me tell you the one thing I would throw out to go against that point. The biggest thing I would throw out about that is when they traded for Khalil Mack, even though they made him the highest paid you know, defensive player in NFL history, they had him under contract. Um, you guys traded for Laramie Tunsil, and Laramie Tunsil, how much how much does he have left on his contract? I, I felt like if you guys traded that much to get him, you you should have already had him on some kind of. So we, he's uh, got two years left. 
and then we have two franchise years. So we, we still have some leverage. Yeah. They, they, uh, the, yeah, I think it still would have been better if you guys could have locked them up already. Yeah, I mean, clearly. We, but in reality, it's one of those situations where you can't let him go with the amount of collateral that you gave up for him. So I have no doubt that we'll get this done. And there, it, as, as, as my, my friend Jerry Jones said, the, it, it's too good for both parties. Let, let me say that again. Um, I'm not sure if you, you remember what I'm saying, that, but whatever. Um, it's too good for them, and it's too good for the Cowboys. Let me, let me, let me say that again. Um, so, at the end of the day, I think, I think we'll get that deal done. And as long as he's, he's, a, he's a great Texan for a long period of time, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm cool with it. I'm, I'm, I'm happy with us being able to, uh, to solidify the line. So, uh, we can beat up on the Saints, which we'll get into next. So, uh, let's go. Uh, obviously, we got uh, some games to get into. Uh, what we're gonna do is get get into the topic. We've been doing bets for uh, you know last year we did bets. Well, I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with the game where we uh, we take a thousand dollars, a fictional thousand dollars every week, and we bet them against the spread on teams that we think could uh, or gonna win during that week and cover the spreads. Um, at the end of the season, we see where we're standing, and the winner um, gets a uh, a free uh, set of bragging rights. So. Um, JDZ, let let's get into some of these uh, let's get into some of these picks. I mean, obviously, I'm I'm, I'm gonna ch- I'm gonna change the name uh, right now. I'm gonna call it I, I bet you won't. Because some of the games I'll bet, and some of the games you won't. Anyway, uh, so uh, JDZ. <laughs> <laughs> that that it's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be catchy. I think I think it's gonna be catchy. But hey, we'll see. Uh, let's let's go into let's go into your first game that you the, the one of the games you feel very confident. in. Okay, you know what? Thursday night the NFL season starts. I'll have a work conference. I'll actually be in Nashville, Tennessee. Looking forward to watching the game out uh, with some of the locals where the draft was held. I am going to be very very hype. We'll probably. Um, have, uh, I don't know, some type of drink in my hand that will be very tasty. And I will be rooting for this team to cover my bet. So, overall, I am going to bet the first game that's being played, Packers plus three points at Chicago. Um, I just think this is a game that uh, you're going to see the Packers take off it and, you know, really try to solidify what they're doing. I think uh, it does make me a little nervous that, that – Aaron Rodgers has not played at all during the preseason. I think, you know, with some of the new plays and things like that, he should have gotten some extra time in. But overall, I think um, this game will be very, very close. Worst case scenario, I think it'll be a push. But I actually had the Bears winning this game. Or I actually had the Packers winning this game. I think the Bears um, will struggle a little bit without Vic Fangio there on the defensive side. I think they'll still be a good team. I think they'll still be over 500. But overall, um, I've got to have to see Mr. Biscay go throw for throw with Aaron Rodgers, and I just don't think I that, think that's going to happen. So um, that is the first game I'm going with. Jared, what are you going with? So I feel very good about that uh, that prediction because that's one of mine. I'm going two hundred dollars on the Packers covering the the uh, the points and beating the Bears. I mean, I think in reality, let's look at this. There's there's two points I, I really want to make. First and foremost. You're playing versus a team that has a quarterback who I don't think has 
even an average quarterback in the NFL. Um, so I think the, the biggest the biggest proponent I would look at is this. I don't see them really having a legitimate chance of controlling the clock because they, they've kind of taken away now. They had, uh, if you look at one point, they had the ability to be able to control the clock with a, with a Jordan Howard and then that defense standing up. I think Fangio's a big loss. I think when you look at the uh, the rest of the team, I don't think they have the weapons to be able to um, you know, dictate play. I, I like Allen Robinson, but I don't think Allen Robinson is great. I like Taylor Gabriel, but he's more of just a speed guy. Um, and, and so I think it's going to boil down to Aaron Rodgers finally being healthy, going out on a mission. They've drafted on defense consistently. I think Jair Alexander is a great cornerback uh, from last year's draft. You have Rashawn Gary and a few others. So I, I, I as I picked last on last week's podcast, um, I'm predicting the Packers to win the NFC. So uh, I got them at least definitely covering three points. Um, and ultimately, I got them winning this game. So, uh, JDs, what, what do you have next? Okay. The next game I got is Ravens at Dolphins. This will be at 1 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on Sunday uh, afternoon. I am going to go Ravens. Plus $200 minus six and a half. They're playing in Miami. I know that's a tough place for a lot of people to play, especially up north teams. But these teams have been outside all year. It's the summertime. It's just been just as hot in Baltimore. I used to play uh, tennis tournaments in Baltimore in the summertime. And trust me, it is just as humid. It is terrible there in the summer. So overall, I think this is going to be a beatdown. Uh, the Dolphins are pretty much clean house. They got rid of their lone snapper today, who's been with the team since 2005. I don't think they want anybody in the organization. In fact, I want to say they traded the Dolphin mascot. Overall, <laughs> I think uh, Lamar Jackson is going to be running all over the place. I think they'll be able to get that defense up and running. Mark Ingram should have a big day. In fact, if I had Mark Ingram, I might play Mark Ingram in some, uh, you know, one-day fantasy draft. Um, so, hey, you know, that might be a good play for you guys as well. I think they'll get up early. I think they'll run the ball down their throat, and I don't think this game will be very close. So um, I'm going to go with the Baltimore Ravens for $200. So I don't know if you've been reading my pick. That's definitely one of them. I'm going to tell you a couple other reasons. Normally, I would not make this bet, and the reason is because it's Miami typically, and it's 100 degrees, and team, you know uh, the, the Ravens train in Owens Mills, Maryland. The reason I know that is because where my company headquarters is. And... Uh, so it, it is they're playing in, in mild temperatures and then coming down and playing that degree that, that degree of temperature. Problem is, this game is supposedly in Miami and there's a hurricane coming through. So uh, this is, you know, when you look at it uh, from a personal standpoint, there's so many of those players who are going to have, have been dealing with family, emergencies, houses, all these different things, and then not being able to practice for several days due to a hurricane. So I think at the end of the day, that's significantly going to impact their ability to be able to, to to perform. Not only the fact that there was a report that if Laramie Tunsil got traded, there was going to be mutiny in the locker room, and they traded Kiko Alonso, and Ryan Fitzpatrick is the quarterback. Now, do I think Fitzpatrick can give you some huge numbers? Absolutely. Do I think they're going to be impactful numbers? Not at all. So give me the Ravens, and I'll throw away those five and a half or six and a half points I have to give away on that game. I'm starting to get nervous that we're seeing eye to eye on these picks so far. So, the next game I'm going to go with, I don't think you're going to have this one. This was going to be a little bit out of left field, but I feel pretty good about it. I'm going to go Jacksonville Jaguars you minus four me. versus the Kansas City Chiefs. 
for $200. Jeremy. I think that the Jacksonville defense is going to be able to stand up somewhat. Um, I don't like the fact they say Jalen. Jeremy, I had uh, this as one of my games. What's the quarterback? I can't even think. Jalen Ramsey is going to be uh, following Tyreek Hill the entire day. Hopefully they have some safety up over the top because uh, I don't think he can run with Tyreek. But I think uh, I think they'll be able to put some um, some pressure on that defense. I think Patrick Mahomes struggled with them last year, and the only reason they're able to win is because um, the sorriest quarterback in football, I can't even think of his name at this point. Um, I want to say Blaine Gabbert. Blake Bortles. Was the other sorry quarterback before this guy became the sorry quarterback. What's the quarterback? Blake Bortles. Jacksonville's just so bad with quarterbacks. Um, but Blake Bortles was so bad that they were able to win that game. But that was probably the worst game that Patrick Mahomes played all season. Um, and then they added uh, Josh Allen, who I think is going to be the defensive rookie of the year. I know we'll get into those to our uh, predictions on those a little later. But um, I, I like the way this matchup looks. So I'm going to go plus $200 on Jacksonville Jaguars minus four at home. Jared, what say you? So I actually picked this game and picked the Jaguars as well. Look, the one thing I didn't like about this game <laughs> is the fact that the uh, Jaguars, usually Wednesday is the install day for NFL teams, and the Jaguars, because of Hurricane Dorian, are not going to get to practice on Wednesday. Pra- practice got canceled for Wednesday, which makes me a little bit nervous, but there's several reasons why I like this game. One, they're going to, as I said with the Miami game, typically, they're going to a very hot environment. Going to Florida in the middle of September, or the beginning of September, is extremely difficult to do for a team that's not used to playing in that heat. Secondly, Jacksonville gave them a ton of problems on defense. I want to say that Mahomes threw two interceptions that game last year, um, and that was with uh, Bulls who, who looked awful. Uh, I, I remember a specific play where Mahomes threw an interception, and then the next play, uh, Bulls, I want to say he fumbled the ball and they ran it back to, like, the three, and I was like, oh, okay, well, now here's a touchdown. So, like, at the end of the day, I think Nick Foles is going to be able to stabilize them. I think when you look at the... Jalen Ramsey, I, I actually like him falling Tyreek Hill around. He did a good job on him last year, and nobody can run with Tyreek Hill without any safety help. But Jalen Ramsey ran a four—he ran a four-four-one. So like Jalen Ramsey's a big corner, but he's fast. He—he's not—you uh, know—he's not slow by any stretch of imagination. So um, as much as any corner really can keep up with Tyreek Hill, which is not great, uh, he'll do the best job possible. And I'm looking—I'm looking at that roster, and here's the thing that concerns me if I'm—I'm I'm a Chiefs fan. Obviously, I love the, the Shady McCoy pickup, but if you're looking at what they said, you know they had like a, a team function, and Travis Kelsey, they asked him about the offense and the running game, and he said, when you think we're going to pass, we're going to pass. And when you think we're going to run, we're going to pass some more. So I, the, the thing is, Andy Reid has had a, a history of being able to get in these situations to where he gets too pass happy and gets too soft, and I think that'd be a bad decision for him to do. So uh, ultimately, I think that the physical game gets to him. I'm not sure they lose. I'm probably picking the Chiefs to win by a point. But if I'm getting four points, I'm taking Jacksonville. Two hundred dollars, by the way. Yeah. 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 Well, Jared, I got a good feeling we're gonna break apart on this again. I think we're gonna be on opposite sides on this one. My next game is I'm going to go to the New Orleans Saints plus for $200 minus seven points. This game is going to be on Monday night, early Monday night game, because you know how they do the first Monday night football game. It's uh, two games. So you'll see us playing at seven o'clock 
um, what is it, seven seven ten Central Standard Time, um, and you will see New Orleans come out hot. This is the first game since uh, the robbery of all robberies, and I think we will come out on a mission. You're going to see Marcus Davenport destroying uh, Larry Mutosel, which will make you guys question whether or not he was worth the pickup. But don't worry. Nobody else is going to be Marcus Davenport he's going to face this year, so he should be fine. Cameron Jordan pushing up field. Uh, we're going to have uh, DeMario Davis running up. Like, like Deshaun's going to be running for his life the entire game. And I am very much looking forward to it. I hope he stays upright. Hopefully he stays healthy. If you survive that, you can survive anything. You might as well get one of those T-shirts saying, I survived New Orleans uh, Saints. And, and wear it to the rest of the games and say, hey, we could do anything if we survive that. But overall, I don't see this game being close. Jared and I have a side bet on. I gave him nine and a half because that's how confident I am we're going to win by double digits. Let's go. Who that nation? Let's go. Well, I'm also betting on this game. But clearly, I'm going the opposite direction. Look, man, you're giving me a touchdown from a team that literally Deshaun Watson, our starting quarterback, has lost one game by more than one possession since high school. And that was last year in the playoffs versus the Colts. And that was because our offensive line was that terrible, and we gave up three straight touchdowns to, to Adrian Rupp. I mean, at the end of the day, this is what I look at. You know, we drafted really well, I believe, at our cornerback position. I think Lionel Johnson's going to be able to match up really well versus Michael Thomas. And we really typically struggle with faster, quicker, twitchier receivers. Wait, wait, wait. Who, who's going to be able to line up really well against Michael Thomas? Lonnie Johnson, our second-round cornerback out of Kentucky, will do a good job. He's 6'2", and he's he's physical. I think he would do a, a good job versus Michael Thomas. I think when you look at our our, our receiving core, our, our DBs, we typically struggle with receiving cores that are quick, twitchy, like a, a Tyreek Hill or a T.Y. Hilton or those type of receivers. I think we should match up pretty well. Uh, and even Jonathan Joseph, I think, is, is still uh, fast enough to be able to stay out. Not necessarily, I don't think he will match him up with Michael Thomas, but I think he's fast enough to be able to, uh, at least with safety help, stick with, with Ted Ginn Jr. or one of those guys for for long enough. And in reality, if our left tackle holds up and our offensive line looks Who decent. Who are you going to throw Probably Zach Cunningham, uh, all pro, or not all pro, pro bowler. Um, but with that being said, I, th- I think at the end of the day, um, our, our team, I think, will be able to get a lot of pressure with Whitney Merciless and J.J. Watt. And I don't see anybody stopping our offense. Uh, I mean, we with, with Kenny Stills out there, and the, the name I will tell you to, to watch out for if you're in any kind of deep fantasy league and need some help at receiver. DeAndre Carter is probably going to be uh, starting at slot um, with Kiki Kuti out. And DeAndre Carter is like a, a low 4-3-40s guy. He's really a, a special punter turner. But if you watch the last game we played uh, in preseason, he, uh, he he caught a ton of passes and he looked really sharp. So uh, hearing Raven reviews about that, I think our offense, if, if our left tackles can hold up, I think our offense will uh, will be very dominant. So I'm going to change it up and not even do 200. I'm going to go $300. Texans plus seven points. Book it. Jared, Jared, that sounds like a really foolish uh, decision on your part. Um, overall, you were doing so good. You would pick a team just like me. You should have stuck with it. Overall, let's just look at this. Hold on. So Lonnie Johnson, you're going to throw a rookie cornerback on the island with, with Michael Thomas? That sounds like a good way to get a cornerback's confidence ruined from the start of the season. Big cornerbacks don't bother Michael Thomas. He devos them. Look what he did to Xavier Rhodes every time he goes against him. He absolutely abuses him. Xavier Rhodes is bigger than, Lon- than Lonnie Thompson, whatever the guy's name is, 
It's going to be real Lonnie Johnson. It's going to be abuse. Well, Michael Thomas does whoever you guys put on him. And from a defensive standpoint, I don't know if you remember. It wasn't just like you guys just were struggling at left tackle. And it was like, oh, man, you know what? Our left tackle just was, you know, if we could just get a left tackle, it would be good. Your entire line was been terrible. I don't think adding one 84th-ranked pro football-focused left tackle or a tackle is going to improve that. So, overall, you know, everybody says, oh, well, it's because the Dolphins line was terrible. That's why his numbers were so bad. But, hey, so is the Texas line. So you should expect the exact same thing. I think we're going to get off to the quarterback. I think Deshaun is going to be holding the ball a little too long. I think this is a classic New Orleans Monday night football game where you go in there and say, hey, you just got cut by a buttsaw. That's what I see happening. Good luck on your prediction. Well, you guys have lost two straight season openers, one on Monday night football where Sam Bradford ran you out of New Orleans. I'm looking forward to the Texas running you guys out of New Orleans as uh, well. No, that was in that was in Minnesota. Was that in Minnesota? Ran you out of, I, for some reason, I thought that game was uh, was in New Orleans. But either way. No, no, it's not. All right, one more game. All right, so last game I'm going to be betting on is going to be the Broncos at Raiders. Raiders are minus one. Um, and it's a tough game for me to pick, mainly because I think uh, – Derek Carr, I really like Derek Carr a lot. I think Antonio Bryant is going to be able to help them a lot. But this is a terrible matchup for them in week one. If you guys don't know, the Broncos' defense is going to be the best defense in football this year. You've got Von Miller on one side. Uh, Vic Fangio has said he's going to start trying to use him like he used Khalil Mack last year. He's going to be a huge addition to, to the defensive side. You look on the other side, Bradley Chubb. I wouldn't be surprised if Bradley Chubb is top three in the uh, defensive player of the year standings this year. He is going to be a monster to be reckoned with. You still got Chris Harris Jr. on the outside the corners um, are going to be elite. You're going to see a very, very impressive defense against the Oakland Raiders, who I don't think will have enough weapons to, to, to suffice. And then I really like Cortland Sutton. Um, I don't think that Case Keenum, uh, was answer. I don't think that Joe Flacco was the answer, but I think Joe Flacco is good enough to be the best quarterback they've had since uh, the second to last year that Peyton Manning was there. So um, I see them putting up a lot of points. I think Emmanuel Sanders will be, um, you know, explosive, and I think they're going to be able to win this game. So they're only plus one, but I'll take that plus one and run to the bank with it. I'm going to say Broncos plus one for $200, and that's going to make up my $1,000. So Here's something that, that did throw me off. I I think I've forgotten how terrible Peyton Manning was that last season. I know he was bad, but nine touchdowns and 17 interceptions? <laughs> what? <laughs> like, yeah. 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 I mean, no wonder, no wonder we were putting Brock Osweiler in there and they were making Brock Osweiler like he was good. How do you know a Super Bowl with a dude who goes... Twice as many touchdowns as, or twice as many interceptions as touchdowns. I mean, sheesh. But with that being said, he basically did, he basically did the same thing in the Super Bowl. What do you have? I, he might have had one touchdown. I know. He, I don't think. I know he had two interceptions. I mean, disastrous. But that defense was ridiculous. Um, getting getting back to some picks. The last one I have is one of the ones I'm most confident about. I should have put more money on this one, but hey, it is what it is. Um. Is Seahawks minus nine and a half versus the Bengals. Look, Bengals might have the worst offensive line in the history of the NFL this year. Um, they drafted, um, you know, first round pick 
and uh, on the offensive line, he's out for the season. Uh, and that team's going to be going versus Jadavion Clowney in his first game. But, uh, first game to try to pro- prove a point. And I'm not sure if you guys saw Khalil Mack in his first game trying to prove a point. Uh, Khalil Mack clearly is a much better player than, than Jadavion Clowney is. Jadavion Clowney is still a very good player. And I think he's going to wreak havoc on that line. I think with Bobby Wagner and KJ Wright, I think those guys are going to be um, attacking and trying to get downhill to see if they can, um, I, as I said, cause and wreak havoc on that team. I got the I, it's not going to have points, but I got Seattle covering twenty at least in that game. I don't think that game is very close at all. So I'm going to take Seattle minus nine and a half versus the Bengals. Book it. So, uh, in- I, actually, I actually like that pick. I um I I was more or less just. I mean, nine and a half is a lot of points, but I think they'll cover it. But it's just, eh, I didn't like that number. Uh, if it was eight and a half, I probably would have been a little bit more comfortable with it. But well, as long as it was under was 10, 10, I was like, yeah, uh, as long as it was under 10, I felt really good about it. So, uh, kind of is what it is at this point. I've already made my picks, and I've clearly been right. So, uh, I'm going to keep it going. Last year, I, I, I ended up uh, bidding you out on it. But, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see uh, where, where you end up, where I end up this year, man. Best of luck accepting this Texans Houston uh, Texans Saints game, uh, and the rest of it. I mean, it's for the birds, man. But um, any any last thoughts? Well, before we go, you know, I, I just want to get your thoughts on who we're gonna get these, uh, pl- you know, defensive player of the year, defensive rookie of the year, and MVP, and you know, offensive rookie of the year. Sure, sure. All right, if, I, if I'm going MVP, if you had told me last week, uh, I probably would have picked Aaron Rodgers. That was the person I was leaning. I'm going to go back with the same one as last year now. I'm going to Sean Watson because we have a left tackle. And in reality, the reason is this. Everybody likes to give the MVP to somebody who hasn't gotten an MVP. It's it's kind of the way it goes. And now Aaron Rodgers, because it's been a second, I, I could see them giving him an MVP. So I, I'm not I'm not completely you know absolving my, my former pick. But I think now Deshaun, with that offensive line, is going to look like Patrick Mahomes did last year. Very similar. I mean, because of the fact that I don't think people realize how bad that offensive line was. So the confidence of that offensive line. You keep saying was. You keep saying was as if, like, your line is all of a sudden great now. Well, Jeremy, the difference between last year and this year, Chantrell Henderson was our right tackle. He got his foot stepped on and broke his ankle the first game of the season last year versus the Patriots and missed the season. So he's coming in at right tackle. So that's an added. Now you throw in uh, Laramie Tunsil at left tackle. Now we drive to Titus Howard, who's going to play left guard, who's been mauling people. And I and, and I feel very good about our line and where we're at. I think at the end, at Roger Johnson played play left tackle in preseason uh, for the first two games and looked very good, but we'll probably put him at right guard. Uh, I think at the end of the day, I feel confident that our offensive line is going to be able to give him enough protection to be able to, 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 to do what he needs to do. Um, if I'm going to look at the uh, rookies of the year, uh, Defense, or actually, defensive player of the year. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb a little bit on this pick. I'm going to go Jalen Ramsey. I think he has a monster season. Uh, I, I think the Jaguars are going to make the playoffs, um, but I don't. I don't think they're going to uh, obviously win the division. But I think he's going to play well enough, and that defense is going to play well enough. I got Jalen Ramsey as the defensive player of the year. Uh, if I'm going rookie of the year on offense and rookie of the year on defense. Uh, I'm going to go Dexter Lawrence, Defensive Rookie of the, uh, of the Year for the Giants. Uh, I think he's going to have a monster impact. 
and offense, it always goes to the quarterback, it seems. Uh, I'm going to go Kyler Murray. Even though I think the team's going to be terrible, I think his numbers are going to look gaudy, and I think he's going to uh, win rookie of the year on offense. Well, well, well. So, Deshaun's going to be MVP, huh? Jared, 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 Jared. Overall, I got to be 100% honest with you. I wanted to do the same thing. I really do think Drew Brees is going to win it, but I'm going to pick somebody else other than Drew Brees. Uh, But let me, before I do that, I'll tell you why I would pick Drew Drew Brees. I would pick Drew Brees not because I think he's going to have the best season, Mainly because I think Drew Brees is due a James Harden award. James Harden, who's been close so many times, that they finally were like, hey, we're going to give him an MVP this year because he had a good season. And I think that's what Drew Brees is, is in for. I think the Saints are going to be really good. I don't think he's going to have an elite season. Um, I think he's going to – we're going to rely a lot more heavily on the run game. I think he'll probably end up with 33 touchdowns, maybe eight or nine interceptions. Um, but – I, I, I'm anticipating us being 14-2, and two, and if that happens, you could see, you know, obviously Drew Brees gets some some consideration. Um, but as far as who, I, who I'm who i going to pick to win the MVP, I'm actually going to go with Russell Wilson. I think Russell Wilson, I picked him last year. I think he's due. Um, you're talking about somebody who's on a team that's on the rise. Their worst season so far since Russell Wilson has been there was nine and seven two years ago. They came back ten and six last year. I don't think they're going the opposite direction. I think Russell Wilson is going to have to be special this year. I think that defense is going to step up, and you're going to get a very very similar um, Seattle team to you know a few years ago when they were still competing. So I'm going to go with Russell Wilson for my for my offensive player of the year for uh, defensive player of the year. Who do I really believe is going to win it? The guy who always wins it, Aaron Donald. But am I going to pick that for this prediction? I'm going to say outside of Aaron Donald, who has a chance of winning this. And honestly, this is going to be one that's probably going to surprise you. I think it's Bradley Chubb. I think Bradley Chubb this year could end up with 16, 17 sacks. I think he's going to be dominant. I think he will look a little bit better than Von Miller this year. Um, even though I think Von Miller will have a good season. I think they'll be the by far the best two defensive ends on, on both sides of the field. Um Maybe Miles Garrett will throw a hat into the ring. But, uh, you know, everybody's pretty much playing for a second. It's going to be um, it's going to be Aaron Donald. Uh, now, rookies. Um, I was really tight on the defensive rookie of the year, mainly because um, I think that Josh Allen is probably going to win it because he's going to have more stats. Who I think is going to be the best defensive rookie, I'm going to go with Quentin Williams. Um, but at nose tackle, um, even though he's got some quickness, I think he'll probably get up to seven, eight sacks this season. Um, it's not you're never going to get as many sacks as you as you would, or as many stats up as you're going to get in, in those pad tackles you could get uh, at other positions, unless you're Aaron Donald. So I don't think uh, he'll win it. I think it'll end up going to um, Josh Allen. And from my offensive rookie of the year, I'm going to go a little off the board. I'm going to go with Josh Jacobs. I think uh, that Oakland won't have a lot to lean on. I think they're going to lean pretty heavily on the run game. Um, even though I think that's going to annoy uh, A.B., but uh, I, I could see a running back winning this year. I don't think Kyle's going to have a very good season because he's going to be running for his life the entire season. I don't think the other guys are really going to get much of an opportunity, so I think it's going to be one of those running back years, and I could see Josh Jacobs uh, with 12, 1,300 yards rushing um, and, a, and a very good average and a good amount of touchdowns and, and, and really be able to throw his hat into that ring. So um, those are my picks. Well, man, I, I... – I like some of the picks. Josh Jacobs, I definitely, uh, he was probably one of the people I was saying about the most. 
Um, I, I wanted to try to look at Hollywood Brown, but I just don't see them being able to uh, throw the ball enough to where he's going to get enough opportunities. Um, you know, a sneaky pick could be um, DJ Metcalf just because of the fact that there's, you know, especially if Baldwin was, not Baldwin, um, Lockett was to get hurt, um, he'd be the only person to get targets. <laughs> so uh, at the end of the day, I, 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 I do like the Josh Jacobs pick. But uh, I, I'm really excited. Obviously, these games coming on. we got some really good games Saturday, college, college football. we got uh, Clemson Tigers at home versus Texas A&M. Um, I, like, I, I love my Tigers, obviously, but 19 and a half points is a lot of points. <laughs> I mean, sheesh. Uh, and then uh, we got the LSU-Texas game. LSU looked really good this weekend, throwing the ball, spread it out, looked the most kind of like a, an actual offense they have in, in years. Uh, so I'm, I'm very interested to see that game play out. So uh, we'll see, man. I'm, I'm pretty excited for all the football and uh, looking forward to, to watching that bad man, Aaron Rodgers, on Thursday night. Any any last thoughts? No, man. I'm ready to get this going. Next time we'll talk, it will be after the Saints stomp out the Texans. Let's go. Uh, Jerry, I, I don't think we should do uh, you know, podcasts right after you wake up. You know what I mean? It would be, be weird. But with, uh, with that being said, last thing I want to say before I get in our, uh, our, our close, Texas A&M had a, a player come out and talk about that they're going to upset Clemson publicly. Why would you do that to yourself? I just don't get it. Why these players, like, look, I don't like picking on college kids, but if you're going to come out there and just set yourself up, like, hey, man, you know, it is what it is. So I, I have no idea why he said that, but uh, now we're going to beat them by probably 150 points. With that being said, I appreciate you guys checking out the podcast. Obviously, uh, we'll be back next week, same time, uh, after these games, to give you guys some uh, some bets and some reactions for last week. Uh, you can check us out on Instagram, at Amibros Podcast. Uh, and we, uh, you can check us out on Twitter, at, at, Ami- at The Amibros. Uh, and definitely check you guys out next week.